I choose my thought tonight from this week having two or three different emotional experiences, I guess. Um, first of the week I was reading about the Christians that were going to be put to death yesterday and was put to death because of their faith. They wouldn't denounce their faith, so they were put to death. Not a word on the news, nowhere about it. Did you hear anything about it on the news? And uh, I thought all of the stuff we had to talk about on the news, at least this one second, could have been taken up with this fact. And, uh, and then I went further to look at this and discovered that 90,000 Christians have been killed thus far this year. That was before the ones that was killed yesterday for their faith. That's why I say I'm not sure if I know how to go before the Lord and give him proper thanks. Because I've never had my faith tested like that before. Uh, and then my granddaughter headed to Honduras, which is the love of her life. I've never seen anyone could get much excited as she can about Honduras. And she texted and said she was boarding the plane and I'd forgotten to call her. And not only that, I had forgotten to give her any money. See, every time she ever goes, usually, I like to give her some cash money that be up and beyond what she's already got so that she just wanted to buy something, you know. It's never much. And... uh I was feeling bad about that. Well, then I saw her text on Darlene's Facebook, or Darlene told me, I don't know which. So I decided I'd call her. Well, when I called her, of course, she was in the process of boarding a plane and all that stuff. She couldn't answer her phone. So I decided I'd leave her just a message on the phone. Well, I started to give her a message, only to discover that I couldn't talk for crying. And uh, I thought, what is this all about? And I decided that I guess that all just run over into all the other emotions that I'd been having with speaking tonight and all these other things about how blessed we are. And my, my problem was, Brother Mike, is getting past how for granted we take it all. Everybody had opportunity to do as they pleased this evening. You chose to come to the house of God to worship. Not saying anything against those that chose to stay at the house. I'm just saying. I had that wonderful privilege. Do I abuse it? Do I really appreciate what the Lord has done for me? And is there some point in time when I'm going to find out if I'm really got the goods or not? You know, so you don't have to turn in your Bible. I have I have quite a few scripture I want to read, and I'm skipping around to go to my thought tonight. And and um, yeah, see, see the time. Um, in in Hebrews chapter ten, verse 
there is a verse says, verse 25, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day is he talking about? The coming of the Lord, of course. The end of everything. Where that you will either go to heaven or hell. It's a reality that's going to happen. And in chapter 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. What I discover over my lifetime is that faith is one of the most important ingredients in this walk with God, in this walk with Jesus Christ. It's not if you can get your sins forgiven. You don't have to do that. Jesus does that. Jesus gives you the Holy Spirit. You don't have to beg for it or anything. Just receive it. He gives it to you. On and on I could go. But this area of being committed and walking with him is an act of faith, which he gives to us, but we have to exercise it and use it by faith. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. By faith it is Im but without faith it is impossible to please God. Think about it. Impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared, or not prepared an ark to the saving of his household. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should afterwards receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went, not knowing whether he went. But he done it, Keith, by faith. Faith. He done it by faith. By faith he sojourned in a land of promise as in a strange country. Through faith. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, offered up Isaac his son, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of parting of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months by his parents. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years or came to be grown, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 
By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I say more, the writer said. And what shall I say more, if all of this is not enough to point us to the understanding that we're on a walk of faith, we're on a, we're on a journey of faith, we're on a race with faith in our life. What shall I more say, for time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of David, and of Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained mercy, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed violent in, uh, violent in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead received, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trials of cruel mockings and, and scourgings and yea, more over bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawed asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with a sword and they wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins being being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Listen. God, having provided for some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Now, I can't go there and talk about that. That's not my subject. Did you hear everything they went through? Some of them received their healings, but others refused it, that they may walk with God by faith. My, my subject tonight is run that you may obtain. Run that you may obtain. This brings me to my scripture text, which says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this brings me to understand one fact, that I must mean business in this journey. 
I've got to make it my prize. Understand? I've got to make it my profession. I've got to make it my total act of all faith to run this race with patience. Because you're going to run into trials and troubles and tribulations and difficulties. And I've read to you where there are people before us endured all kinds of things, even to being sawed asunder. Now, I don't know how the Christians was killed yesterday, but I promise you it wasn't easy. And the 90,000 that's already died this year, what all kinds of ways did they take their lives because of their faith? And the writer here said, seeing we are compassed about. What is he talking about? This being compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. The clouds above us are covered with all of the people who have gone through all of these things and made their journey and they're waiting on us for all the saints of God to be gathered together in one group. Those that are in the ground, in the grave, those that are still walking around, those that have been sawed asunder, those that have given everything in their life. He said, you are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us run. He said, since we have this cloud of witnesses, forgive me for preaching or getting excited, but mercy... I'm excited about my journey tonight. My journey's not near as long as it used to be. I'm getting closer to home every day. And this is no time for me to slack. This is no time for me to grow weary spiritually. This is no time for me to slack up with my faith. This is a time to lay aside, put aside, Things that might hinder me. This, 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 this message comes from, from, from a burden of seeing people make, a, make an effort, but it seems like they're just half-hearted at it. I mean, it doesn't bother them to miss church for four weeks and then come back and act just like they've never missed a service. I, don't, I shouldn't have went there, I guess. But it bothers me. I don't get mad at them. I just worry and fret. Do they understand the race? Do they understand the journey they're on? No, you don't have to come to church every time the door's open. But I can tell you this, for me, myself, and I, where my faith is and what I see when I read the Bible and when I study it, when I pray, I can't help but to come to the house of God every opportunity I get to fellowship with the other saints of God to be encouraged by the singing, to be encouraged by the preaching, to be encouraged by testimonies or whatever the case might be. Because I am on a journey, I need all the help I can get. I don't know about you. But for, for us, we're putting up a fight it's, it's, not, it's, not meant to be, it's not meant to be easy. It's not meant to be just, just, we'll make it no matter what. No, it's a battle. It's a fight. First of all, we're looked at by a crowd of witnesses. Think about it. I don't want to be embarrassed by acting a fool in the front of a crowd of witnesses. When they look down and see me, that old boy, no matter how crippled he gets, he just keeps on going, don't he? 
just keeps on tugging along. See, I don't have to beat you to the finish line, but I do need to get to the finish line. Hello? <laughs> yes, I do. There are a cloud, the Bible said, a cloud watching us. I have to put my mind around that sometimes and think about it. That there's, there's, there's these folks that I read about here, and that's just a few of them. There's a whole cloud of them of, of watching waiting, seeing what we're going to do. They have, they have borne testimonies and, and truth. They're saying, you can make it. Run. Don't quit. Don't give up. Run. And then he said, let us lay aside every weight. It's not easy to run with weights. Darlene, she's been doing weights and therapy trying to get her arms and all back. And so I decided the other day, I might as well do these weights along with her. And so I started doing them weights, you know, like this. I didn't know my arms would get tired after a while. But two-pound weights felt like I was going to break my arms after a while, after I pumped them up for a time or two. And then they put her on three pounds. I picked up one of them three, by the Lord and mercy. I'm out of shape. Lay aside, he said, put them aside. Lay aside the weights. Don't carry the weights with you. Don't take them along. We're in a race with a goal to reach, not to receive a corruptible crown, but one that does not fade away, the Bible said. A crown that don't fade away. So the condition for success for running is to lay aside every weight. This word weight means whatever would put one to a disadvantage in running. That's what it is. Whatever that is. See, it'd be a different thing for different people. Weights that hinder me may not be weights at all with you. You have to think about this. What are the weights? Bills, is that what you said? Could be a weight. Without naming a whole bunch, and I could, and I got a bunch listed here. Anything that distracts you on your journey is a weight that you need to get rid of. You need to see if you can lay it aside. Whatever that weight might be, whether, whether it be uh, uh, prosperity, whether it be, whether it be uh, whatever. I mean, there are just so many things that could be weights for us. Um, you know, I was, I was one time, I won't tell that whole story, but I was praying, I was praying about this thing, did you know, that it just every time, every time I turned around, it just pop up. And it was, it was a weight. It was aggravating. And the more it seemed like I prayed about that thing leaving, it seemed like the more often it'd pop up. But one day, I prayed past it. So it won't pop up no more. It's a weight. Anything that hinders you, anything that keeps you away from doing what you want to do as far as it is with God. We're runners competing for a prize. 
The runner cannot run anywhere. He has only one path he can run. And I say that to remind us that we are in a time when, when preachers, pastors, and peoples are running in a lot of directions after a lot of crazy stuff. I got three, th- two things, or three, maybe one of them was yesterday, in the mail today, in my mailbox. And that wasn't the first time I ever got them, trying to get me to switch over to another denomination. Not necessarily denomination, actually another religion more than anything. And I thought, Lord, surely the devil don't think these are tempting me. But I asked myself this question, how many mailboxes does that get in that folks stop and get a second thought at? This sounds pretty good. This looks pretty good. We're running one race on one road. We cannot branch off everywhere. That will, that, that will not work. And then he said, run with patience. Run with patience. Run with patience. Why patience? Because there will always be external obstacles in your way. A world does not sympathize with us. The word calls it the patience of hope. We are to look back to the heroes of faith for encouragement, but stay on the road. We can go back and read about them and they're to encourage us, but we can't stop because we had not made the journey yet. This cloud of witnesses that are looking and, 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 and promoting us on and, and shouting us on and praising us on and hollering at us to keep on running, they have made the race. Now they are a big army uh, uh, cheering us on. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't lay beside the way. Don't turn aside. Keep running. <clears throat> We're to think of them as, as hovering over us in heaven. They circle and crowd around us on all sides of the race course. Multitudes in number, the Bible said. If we will run with patience, we will be successful. What, 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 what person in your life, Christian person, I'll put it that way, what, what believer, you know that if you get discouraged or whatever, all you have to do is just look back to, look back to them or, or think about them in your mind or in your thoughts. They may be done gone on to glory and all you have to do is think about them and think about how strong they was and it just picks you up, tears you up. When I was, when I was looking and studying and preparing for this, I come across this, the first person popped in my mind just like that. As soon as I read this, I thought, now what would that, and just like that, it popped right in my mind. Sister Jeanette, it was my mama. It was just like I was sitting down in the Clara Church of God, and over on the left side, I knew right where Mama was sitting on the pew. And if I looked over there and Mama was shaking, laughing, she was laughing, shaking, laughing, she was a heavyset woman. 
And when she'd get happy, she laughed all over. And when she got to laughing, I said, Lord, something's fixing to happen now. And then this other lady that always sat right by her, Sister Pittman, sat right by her every service, every time, always that way, sat right by her. And after a while, Sister Pittman got to laughing. And But Sister Pittman, though, Mama's was quiet. You never heard her. Just see her shaking. But Sister Pittman every now and then, out, you know. That got everybody's attention. Everybody knew, though, if these two women was feeling the presence of God, you can just look out. God's fixing to do something. Somebody's fixing to get saved. Somebody's fixing to come home. Somebody's fixing to get something. And that always encourages me. All I have to do is just shut my eyes, praying or whatever, and I want to encourage. I just look and see Mama sitting over on that pew laughing. And, and you, you've heard the story, and I won't tell it, but when she was 70-something years old, two years, I think, before she died, 70-something years old, I forget what the exact number was, um, she told little old brother Eddie Bean, he was our pastor, he was her pastor, and he was about this tall, about tall as Darlene. And, he, and she, she told him, and she's a big, tall woman, she was part Indian, and she was strong and had big bones and tall, she said, I want to be baptized before I die again. She said, I was baptized in Freewood Baptist Church when I was a little girl. And said, and this all of a sudden, it just comes on me that I want to be baptized again. Brother Bean said, Sister Rigney said, you're too feeble and all, you know, and too old. And said, we can't get you in the baptistry and out. Said, said, it's not set up for that kind of thing, you know, blah, 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 blah. She said, oh, yes, you can. Said, you got all these strong men around here. Said, they, if they can't get me out of the baptist, said, they're pitiful. <laughs> that's just pitiful. Long story short, she talked them into it. Brother Bean got in the baptistry, and he baptized her but couldn't get her back up. They got her back up and got her out of the baptistry, but she didn't know nothing about it. She was gone into the third heaven or somewhere. She was having a time. After a while, they got her in the side room. How You remember how the old churches used to have them little side room things, you know? And it got too small, and they opened the door and let her out on the stage where Brother Bean was. She got out on the stage. Finally, she got down on the main floor. By now, the whole church was emptied, and it was at the front of the church. And everybody was getting a hold or something. What are you saying? The journey don't never stop. But we must keep moving. We can't stop. We can't let distractions on this side or that side get our attention. We've got to stay focused. He said, you've got a cloud of witnesses watching you. said, they're watching you. said, keep in mind they're watching you. Mama's watching me tonight. How can I stop? How can I quit running? She made it. She done it. I can do it. Look unto Jesus, the scripture said. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. <laughs> oh, glory. While we are reminded of the cloud of persons of faith, while we're on the course, now it comes and says, look to Jesus, the author and finisher, the captain, the prince, the head, the leader of the race. Don't take your eyes off of him. 
Don't let nothing... Hey, them folks, all them 90,000 some odd thousand people that's been killed this year for their faith, I want to tell you they didn't have no little, little, little help me a little bit today and I'll be back sometimes later kind of religion. I promise you they didn't. I promise you they had a hold of the nail, scarred hand of Jesus Christ and said nothing can pull me out of his hand. Nothing will take me away. Oh, glory to God. I want to stay strong, don't you? I want to stay faithful, don't you? I want to fulfill my race. Our sufferings, our temptations, are not nearly as dreadful as his was. In the long procession of heroes celebrated for their faith, our Lord stands at the head. He's the leader who for the joy sat before him. What was the joy? The joy surely wasn't the cross. He had to look beyond the cross and see that multitude. See you and me. And sometimes in the near future, he's going to arrive in Jerusalem and we're going to arrive there with him to reign forever. Oh, hallelujah. In times of suffering, we have to stay this course. In despondency and exhaustion and weariness, we have to stay the course. When, when, we, when, when, when we, we feel like we can't go on, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Get a hold of Jesus. Even in death, we can look to Jesus who rose from the dead. He endured the cross. Even in death, we can look to Jesus. We can look to Jesus. Those before us had great men like Moses and Abraham and all of those guys, perfectors of our faith. Surely we can make it if they made it. So let us run with our eyes on Jesus. If we'll do this, I believe we will make it. Why are we running in this race? That we might receive the prize of life that fadeth not away. We're not running in this race so somebody can pat us on the back of the church. Tell us, really nice you come today. That's not why we're running this race. That's just part of getting there. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 said, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. And the next little line said, So run. I like that, brother. So run. Since this is the answer to the whole thing, he said, then run. Run. If only one's going to get the prize, run. And you see, each one of us are counted as individuals in the race. If your mama don't go, don't mean you had to stay back. If your daddy don't go, don't mean you had to stay back. Hello? Think about it. Paul said to Timothy, I kept the faith. I finished the course. Said you can too. Second Timothy four eight. 
Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give to me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Where are you on the race today? Where are you on this race? Do you ever think about it? I do. Um, there's a prayer I've prayed my whole life. never has come past. Don't suppose it will. I prayed that God would let me have daddy's mind and daddy's patience and his ability to just take each day as it comes and not fret. But none of that happened to me. He never forgot a name. He called a first and last name. Anytime he wanted to, didn't have to stop and think about it. I have difficulty thinking of my name sometimes. I said, Lord, you didn't answer that prayer yet. What about you? I mean, you know. Uh, where are you on this race today? Well, if you looked at age, we could say the young person was further back. The older you are, maybe you're closer to the end of the race. But the truth is, we don't really know for certain. But the one thing we do know, we can finish the race. We do know that. There's no question. We've got a cloud of witnesses cheering us on. All we've got to do is make up our mind that that's what we want to do, and we can finish the race. John chapter 5, verse 28 said, The hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will come forth. The hour is coming into which all who are in the grave will come forth. That is ahead of us. All who sit here tonight, that's a fact that we all have equally. That's ahead of us. We don't know that day. Doctors may say he only has a short time, blah, 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 but the truth is all that belongs to God. But the one thing that I have on my side is that I can finish the race, no matter what. In a cemetery, and you may have, you may have heard this before or read this before. It's a truth. truth. This is truth, not a story. In Handover, Germany, there's an unusual gravestone. A woman who did not believe in the resurrection directed in her will that her burial place be made so secure that just in case there was a resurrection, she couldn't come up. She couldn't be resurrected as if with that attitude she was going to be. Huge slabs of granite were fastened together with heavy steel clamps and placed over her grave. Engraved on the marker were these words, this burial place must never be opened. In time, a small seed. You know where I'm going. Germinated just beneath the edge of the stones. As it grew into a tree. As it grew into a tree and its trunk got bigger and bigger. The heavy slabs were gradually lifted. And the steel clamps were wrenched from their sockets. Those massive pieces of granite could not withstand 
the dynamic life force within that small seed. Man cannot stop the creative power of God. I don't care what they say and who says it, how much they criticize it, how many stones they throw at it, what all kind of stupidity that they bark out about it on television or on Facebook, man cannot stop the creative power of God. Jesus said all, that all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Some to the resurrection of life and others to the resurrection of condemnation. John 5, 28, 29, there will be no exception. Not even those drowned at sea are cremated. The recreation of human bodies poses no problem to the one who spoke the world into existence out of nothing. Will your resurrection be one of joy or one of judgment? All I can say in the final is run. Run. If you're on the road, run that you may obtain. I don't know about you, but I feel strong in my God tonight. And I would like to know if I had to stand before my executors tomorrow or give up my relationship with God. I'd like to know that I could say without even hesitation, nope, I won't give it up. Take me out. Are you ready? Should he come? He's going to come. He's going to come. Every day we live, there's a prophecy being fulfilled. If you could recall all of the things in the Bible you've read in your lifetime, you would know that the time is moving in that place. But that's not important. That's in God's timing. What's important is that I run, that I run, that I run, that I run. Stand. God, thank you for your presence tonight. Thank you for your word, Lord, that encourages us and pushes us and drives us forward. Hallelujah. I love you with all my heart, Jesus. Hallelujah. Keep us in your care and love. Oh, God, let us not let a day go by that we don't acknowledge and recognize how blessed we are, how wonderful our life has been. Thank you, Lord, for our church, our people, God. I thank you so much for it. Thank you, Lord, for our pastor and his family. Just pray your blessing on him tonight, Lord, Sister Karen. God, just lift them up. Give them strength. Lord, we know it's important, God, to have a good pastor. And Lord, we're blessed with a good pastor. Thank you so much for it. Everybody said, Amen.